Hello, and thank you for listening to this CD from River of Life Church. If you enjoy this disc, we want to encourage you to share it with a family member or friend. Also, visit River of Life this Sunday at 10.30 a.m. in Crawfordville. For service times and directions, visit riveroflifefl.com. That's riveroflifefl.com. Now, let's join Associate Pastor Dr. Bill Jenkins as he teaches from the Word of God. Everyone, what a wonderful worship service. Thank you for being here and thank you for being a part of our service already today. If I could possibly ask the men to come and to join me here at the altar this morning. Gentlemen, if you will come and pray, please. Amen. Guys, if you just want to hold still where you are, the altars are full. Father God, in Jesus' name, we come to you as humbly as we know how, Lord, because your word says you resist the proud. God, we come to you confessing that we're all weak and fleshly and shallow. And we confess, God, that we're sinners. And God, we ask you to cleanse us because your word says that you will not hear the prayer of a sinful man. And Father God, I come before you asking you, because this is probably the most serious hour that we will have this week. God, as we preach this morning, help us to preach, Lord God, as a dying man to dying people, as though this would be the very last message that the people sitting in this auditorium would ever hear. God, may you be exalted. And God, may the Holy Spirit come and convict our hearts. God, have freedom to move among us like never before. God, we're asking for miracles today. We're believing that, God, anyone who calls upon you, regardless of where they've been or what they've been or what what they've been through, that if they would truly, sincerely call upon you in a repentance of faith, that, God, you would save them that you would write their name in eternity through the blood of the Lord Jesus. Father, have your perfect will, your perfect way in this time we share together. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, man. God bless each and every one of you. And so returning to their seats, uh, I would ask you to take your Bible and find uh, Luke, the 16th chapter. If you do not have a Bible, this stage is literally full of Bibles, and you can come and get one at the close of service, and you can have your very own Bible. Now, some people prefer an electronic Bible, and if you've got one of those, please turn it on at this time. Several years ago, I had the privilege of reading an article of a grandfather, much like Brother Charles, sitting and talking to his children, his grandchildren. One grandson in particular was graduating from high school, and he asked that uh, grandson, he said, Son, uh, what are your plans? 
And he said, well, Pop, I tell you, this is the way I got it figured. As soon as I graduate, we're going to spend a couple of weeks on the road just enjoying life. And then when the fall comes, we're going back to college. I'm going back to school. And he said, well, son, that is fantastic. That's wonderful. What then? And the young man thought for a moment, and he said, well, I suppose that I'll graduate. And the grandfather said, and what then? And the young man says, well, you know, I'm going to get a job. I'm going to get a good job. I'm smart, and I work hard. I'm going to get a good job, and, and I'll, I'll find me a good job, Pop. And the grandfather said, what then? Well, I hadn't put a whole lot of thought into it, uh, Pop, but I believe that maybe one day I'll get married, maybe have some children. And the grandfather just smiled. And he said, what then? Well, Pop, I, you know, you were really pushing me on this. I really hadn't thought that far much. I, I guess one day I'll retire, you know, and I'll be like you, and I'll have grandkids, and uh, I'll just grow old gracefully. And the grandfather looked at him and said, and what then? The young man said, well, I, I, guess, I guess one day I'll die. And the grandfather said, what then? That's the title of my message this morning. Because God has not left us clueless. God has shared with us what the end of life is all about. In fact, as you begin to read the scriptures, what you're going to find is that the Bible paints a portrait of this life as being very temporal, very temporary. It is a life, according to the book of James, that is a vapor that appears only for a short while and then soon vanishes away. The psalmist David said this. He said, there is but one step between me and death. Job, the writer of the oldest book in the Bible, made this statement. He said, my days are faster than a weaver's shuttle. And if you're over 50, you know that those days are coming and going faster than they ever have before. What then? The 16th chapter of the book of Luke, Jesus Christ begins in verse number 1, talking to his disciples. And as he is talking to his disciples, the Bible says down in verse number 14 that the Pharisees also, who were covetous, heard all the things, that they, and they began to deride the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Bible says that Jesus said unto them, those Pharisees, you are they which justify yourself before men. You make yourself right in the sight of men. But listen to what he says. But God knows your heart. John chapter 2 and verse number 25, Jesus uh, said of himself that he, he needeth not that any would testify of man because he knows what's in man. There's not a person in this building this morning that the Lord Jesus Christ doesn't know you frontward, backwards, upside down. He knows everything about you. He knows even the thoughts that you think. Early this morning, God began to speak into my heart a word. He said, Bill, I know the hairs of your head. That's not a big thing, is it? 
Bill, I know the days you're going to live. Your Bible says there's appointed unto man a time to die, and that means me. But it also means you. And then he took me once again to this scripture that I have been studying for over a month. You've got your Bible in front of you? Luke, the 16th chapter. And begin with me, if you will, please. In verse number 19. The Bible says, And there was a certain, a particular, an individual rich man, which was clothed in purple and fine linen. He fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, which was laid at his gate full of sores, desiring to be fed with the crumbs that fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. Verse 22. And it came to pass that the beggar died. He was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. What then? It's not an unusual question, by the way. Job wrote it this way. He says, but man dieth and wasteth away. Job 14.10. Yea, man giveth up the ghost. And where is he? Jesus gave this illustration, this parable, this, this story about two men. The, the first one is a saved man. In this life, he had very little. He was a beggar. Some friends of his would take him every day and lay him at the gate of some rich man and hoping that as the rich man or some of his visitors would pass through the gate, they would give him an alms. They would give him something that would help him survive yet another day. Now, I told a lot about this rich man, but there's something written in between the lines. For the Bible says that when he died, he was taken to Abraham's bosom. Don't let that throw you. Abraham's bosom is a reference to a place of comfort. For the Bible says he was comforted there. It is a place that is referenced as a holding place, if you will. You see, when Jesus told this parable, he had not yet been to the cross. He had not yet died. He had not been resurrected. And those who in the Old Testament days died, they died looking forward to a coming Messiah to that day when the Messiah would come from God to deliver them from this world. And they were in a place of comfort. Jesus spoke to the thief on the cross and said, Today you'll be with me in a place called paradise. But then when Jesus died upon that cross, Ephesians chapter number 4, the word of God says in verses 7 through 10, we sang about it just a few moments ago, he descended into captivity and he led captivity captive. What happened when the beggar died? The Bible said he was taken to this place of comfort and while he is there, he is comforted. He is strengthened. Thank God. Listen, can you imagine the old beggar, when he gets to this place of comfort, this place referred to as Abraham's bosom, he looks around in his surroundings and he said, I never knew it could be like this. All the things that God has got prepared for them that love him. Somewhere, somebody, somehow had told this man about the coming Messiah and he had believed it. 
For your Bible says in John chapter 6 and verse number 44 that no man comes to the Son unless the Father draws him. And so there had to be that working power of the Holy Spirit in his life to convict him of his sin. For no man makes it into heaven on his own righteousness. We come by grace. And so by the grace of an almighty God, he's birthed into this place of comfort. But what then? Then Jesus dies. And he goes into captivity and he leads captivity captive. And now the beggar is free from Abraham's bosom. Now the beggar goes and he's there with the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Bible said he is seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. (laughs) If he thought Abraham's bosom was a good place. (laughs) Can you imagine what it's like to be seated at the right hand of God the Father? Yeah, I get excited about that myself. Kind of looking forward to the trip. It is there. The Bible said he's refreshed by being in the presence of God. But what then, preacher? Well, according to your Bible, there's going to come a day when God the Father is going to turn to his Son, Jesus Christ, and he's going to say, Son, it's time for you to go get your bride. And the word of God says in 1 Thessalonians chapter number 4 that with the blast of the, uh, the, the blowing of the horn of the archangel of God, he's going to step out upon the ramparts of heaven itself in the clouds and he's going to cry out, Come up hither! And the dead in Christ, this old beggar, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, he's going to get a new body. Hallelujah! He's going to be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. And all of us, hopefully, that are alive and remaining at that moment, who are saved, we're going to be caught up together with them in the clouds. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wow! If you are saved, oh dear friend, you're looking forward to a time of seeing Jesus. You're looking for a time of receiving a a new body glorified that will never grow old and will never lose its hair. No more bunions, no more bifocals, no more bulges, no more baldness. Well, I can't wait to get to heaven. This old beggar, we're going to get to see him. What a reunion will be when we meet these from the Word of God who have passed on before us in the race of life. What then? Can it get any better? Yes! But the Bible says on a certain day, after the great tribulation has transpired, and man has done his very best to destroy even what's left of this world, God the Father is going to touch his son after the wedding supper of the Lamb, after the Bema Seat judgment, and he's going to say it's time. And they're going to stick into the earth the sickle of the wrath of God. And the Bible says that Jesus Christ is going to mount a white horse, that he's going to come riding across the Milky Way. And behind him, all the armies of heaven, and that includes that old beggar, amen, 
He never probably ever sat on a horse in his life, in this life. But on that day, oh, can't you see the steeds as they come across the universe kicking up stardust? Until they finally arrive there at the Valley of Hinnom, the Valley of Megiddo, the great battle of Armageddon, the Antichrist and all the forces of hell have assembled themselves to fight against the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And there that beggar sits upon that white horse as a spectator. He is not a warrior. He is a spectator. Jesus Christ himself ascends into that valley. Revelation chapter number 19. And with the sword that's protruding out of his mouth, he slays the enemies of God. It's like if somebody had taken a real ripe tomato and threw it into a wearing blender set on puree. and (laughs) The blood runs to the horse's bridles. Revelation chapter 20, verses 1 through 4, the Bible says that God sets up a millennial kingdom, a reign of 1,000 years, where Jesus Christ will sit upon the throne in Jerusalem, and he will rule this world. Satan and his demons have been taken. They have been chained into a pit, a holding place, if you will. And for 1,000 years, Jesus Christ is going to rule, and he's going to reign with a rod of iron, and there will be perfect peace. He is the one who is omnipotent and all-powerful and exalted. He is Christ the Son of God and He's come to earth and He's ruling and He's reigning and there's no one else besides Him. And there's that beggar ruling and reigning. Not only have I got a place of comfort and a new body and some new clothes, I'm reigning with Jesus. What then? What then? The conclusion of a thousand years, Satan is loosed. He goes out into the world. The descendants of the tribulation have repopulated the earth. And the Bible says he brings, after a thousand years of the perfect reign of Christ, Satan is able to assemble an army of the descendants of the tribulation that are as the sands of the seashore. After a thousand years of the perfect reign of Christ fleshly man still loves darkness more than he loves light and they come against the throne of God and they're put down Revelation 20 verse 11 speaks of the great white throne of judgment heaven and earth pass away Revelation 21 1 and a new heaven and a new earth and the old beggar standing upon the new earth sees the holy city new Jerusalem Descending out of heaven is prepared as a bride adorned for her wedding. Girls, do you remember? Every hair in place. Everything had to be perfect. There's our holy city coming down. And for all of eternity, our old beggar is with the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's a place where there is no more dying. No more tears, no more crying, no more hospitals, no more sickness, no more sores, no more separation. (laughs) Home for eternity. They used to sing a song and... 
I'm not much of a singer, but I do remember this chorus. When we get to heaven, we'll sing and shout, we'll dance about. The lamb shall dry our tears, and we'll have a grand homecoming week, the first 10,000 years. Oh, I can't wait, can you? I wish he'd come right now. But Jesus' story, his parable, his little illustration, if you will, spoke of two deaths. For in the last part of verse 22, the Bible says the rich man also died and was buried. What then? We're not left to speculate. The word of God says it came to pass that when he died in verse 23 and in hell he lifted up his eyes being in torment. He seeth Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom and he cried and said Father Abraham have mercy upon me send Lazarus. You remember the last time he saw Lazarus Lazarus is full of sores. But he says even the, the, even, even, uh, the finger of a man that is filled with sores, if it was just tipped, uh, dipped in water, and one drop of that water would come and, and touch my tongue, that I would be comforted, for I am so parched in this flame. He could cool my tongue. I am tormented here. The rich man has died. And this, despite what all of the great thinkers of our day and time have said that God is so good and never sent anybody to hell. Well, God never sent anybody to hell. You make your own choice. And everybody makes a choice. There is no third option. Well, I'm too good to, you know, you know I'm, I'm not really good enough to go to heaven, but I don't feel like I'm bad enough to go to hell. I'm sorry. Not any other option. And if you're not trusting Jesus and you've not come in repentance and cried out to him for saving salvation, when you die, you go to hell. People say, well, you don't understand. He was a good old boy. You don't understand. There was a time years and years ago when he was a little boy. I know he's 70 years old now. But when he was four or five, I remember him going to church. Listen, the word of God says, Matthew chapter 7, verse number 20, you will know them by the fruits that they bear. Quit trying to get people into heaven that never trusted Jesus. And if you truly trust Jesus, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, the Bible says there will be a change in your life. And you will become a new man in Christ Jesus. I don't know about you, but as a born-again child of God, I hate my flesh. Every time I get mad with my wife, I hate myself. Even when I'm right, I hate myself. The flesh, the flesh, the flesh. Galatians 5, the Word of God says the flesh and the Spirit are constantly in warfare. And those who are truly saved... They hate the flesh. And they strive to live for the glory of God. This man died and went to hell. He had a choice. He didn't make it. He died. He didn't expect it. He went to hell and he couldn't escape it. He probably wanted another chance. And he couldn't have it. In hell, according to the Bible, he is tormented. Hell is a place where the fire goeth not out, Matthew twenty-five forty-one. It is a place where the suffering, the vengeance of eternal fire, Jude 7. It is a place, according to Mark chapter 9, verse 44, where the worm dieth not, and the darkness is so great it can be felt. 
Charles Haddon Spurgeon wrote this about hell. He says, in hell, there is a real fire just as truly as you have a real body. However, the fire of hell will not consume you, but like asbestos, which lies amid hot coals, but is never consumed, you will spend your eternity burning and never dying. In hell, the rich man, according to Luke 16 chapter, possessed all five senses. He saw Lazarus in Abraham's bosom. He heard Father Abraham speaking to him. He felt the flames and was tormented. He desired the taste of one drop of water and no doubt he could smell the stench of hell itself. He heard no children playing, no beautiful sounds of nature, nor could he feel the gentle blowing of the breeze. There were no birds singing, no gentle waves crashing against the beach. No, I love you from anyone. The only sound to fill his ears was the cry of the dam. And for 2,000 years, the rich man has felt the torments of the flames of hell. What then, preacher? If the Lord came this very moment, the rapture has happened and, and we went through the tribulation period, what then? The Bible says there's coming a day when this man is going to get out of hell. Revelation chapter 20, verse 11, death and hell shall be delivered up and all that are in them will be brought forth and death and hell are taken and cast into the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone. This is the second death. And here the rich man stands for over 2,000 years. He's been tormented in the flames of hell. But now he stands before the God of glory. Now he stands before the King of grace, the Prince of peace. He stands there looking into the face of the Lord Jesus Christ, hoping, despite the praying, despite all that is within him, possibly today, possibly today, he'll change his mind. Maybe today he won't send me back. Maybe today I won't have to return to the hell that I will live in that. And the word of God says, Revelation chapter 20, they were all judged according to all the things that were written in the books. What books? I believe that the 66 books of our Bible. God's manual for life. One that is so quickly thrown away. And the word of God says that as he stands there, because our God is a God of perfect grace and justice. He cries unto the angels, unto the Son of God, unto the Lord Jesus, unto the Holy Spirit. Search the books again. Search the books. The old song says, I cried unto them, search the book again. I thought my name was there. I went to church on Sunday. I even knelt a prayer. Please search the book again. I know it's too late now. Please search the book again before you make me go. And so a search is made and the rich man's name is not found written in the Lamb's book of life. And so the order comes, take him. Throw him into the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone. 
This is the second death. I was reading an article recently. It said, if there is a hell, as soon as a person is cast into hell, they will immediately be consumed. And that will be the end of that. Well, that's a good thought, except for one thing. That's not what that Bible says. Revelation chapter 14, the word of God says, The smoke of their torment ascendeth up forever and ever. Doesn't have to happen. There's enough grace in one drop of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ to save every man and woman who ever lived upon the face of this earth. Isaiah 118, the word of God says, come now, let us reason together. Hadn't you just wanted to tell your side of the story? Come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, I'll wash you whiter than snow. 1 John 1, 7, the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all our sin. Romans 10, 13, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Ephesians 2.8 For by grace are you saved through faith. That not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Not of works, least any man should boast. Romans 10.9 If any man would believe and confess, I'll give unto him eternal life. There were some boys. They weren't your best students. They weren't your best citizens. In fact, to be honest with you, they were aggravating brats. You know them, right? There was an old man who lived there in the village. He was known to be a man of wisdom. People went to him with all kinds of questions. He was able to answer just about anything. The leader of this pack of young boys decided that what they needed to do was they made to make a mockery of that old man. People are always trying to make a mockery of people like me. Sweet, kind, gentle old men. Why are you laughing? <laughs> the young boy said, you see this bird I got in my hand? He said, I'm going to go to this old man. I'm going to have some finger, some feathers sticking out of my hand. And I'm going to hold it out to him. And I'm going to say, old man, what have I got in my hand? And he's going to see those feathers. And he's going to say, well, son, you got a bird in your hand. And he said, I'm just going to laugh and say, that's right. But can you tell me, old man, is, is he dead or is he alive? And if the old man said, well, he's dead, then I'm going to open my hand and let the bird fly off. But if he says, son, he's alive, then I'm going to take my thumb and break the bird's neck and open my hand and show him that he's dead. All the guys got in on it. They said, this will be fun. We're going to do this. So they went up to the old man, and sure enough, the boy had his hand, had that bird in his hand just like that, and feathers were sticking out of the fingers. And he said, hey, old man, he said, what have I got in my hand? He said, well, son, you've got a bird. He said, well, now here's the real question, old man. He said, is the bird alive or is it dead? The old man looked down and then looked up at the young man 
with a gaze that pierced even to his soul. And he said, son, that's up to you. I preached my heart out this morning. As though it were my very last sermon. Will you be saved? That's entirely up to you. In just a moment, we're going to give an invitation. Sister Carolyn will come and play something very familiar. The Holy Spirit of God speaks to your heart and tells you that without Christ, you're going to die and go to hell. And you know that you need to be saved. It is now your decision. What will you do? Will you walk to the front of this this church, get with one of these counselors, and be led to Jesus through the saving grace of an almighty God? Will you be saved today? Or will you stand there until the invitation ends? And will you walk out those back doors as though you've heard nothing? It's all up to you. What then will you do with Jesus, who is called the Christ? Would you stand with us, please? Our heads are bowed. Thank you again for listening to this life-changing message from River of Life. If this message has touched you today, or you need someone to pray with you, then please let us know. You can call us at 850-926-1200 or send an email to info at riveroflifefl.com. We also encourage you to visit River of Life this Sunday at 1030 a.m. in Crawfordville. For more information, visit us at riveroflifefl.com.